Hello everyone and welcome back to Deep Sleep with Light Novels. We're back again with Death Note, another note, the Los Angeles BB murder cases. Chapter 4, Shinigami. I imagine that you were going to kill someone. What do you think would be the most difficult part? Three, two, one, time's up. The correct answer, killing someone. Now, now, calm down. I swear, I'm not making fun of you or playing linguistic tricks here. I'm completely serious. People, in other words, humans, have not been designed to die that easily. At the least, people almost never grunt or moan and immediately fall over dead. Strangulation, blunt force, trauma, stabbing. None of these kill people easily. People are surprisingly sturdy creatures. Additionally, people have a tendency to resist being killed. Nobody wants to be killed, and there's a good chance they'll try to kill you back. Physical strength in human doesn't vary that much, and in one-on-one -on -one combat, winning can be rather difficult. From this point of view, the ability to kill someone just by writing their name in a notebook is a flagrant violation of the fair play, and I'm sure you can imagine. However, when Beyond Birthday went about committing this series of murders, he did not have any difficulty killing his victims. After all, the murders themselves were not his purpose, and he had no intention of expending undue effort on them. But even so, it was not easy to see exactly how he had avoided trouble. Certainly he was using weapons and drugging his victims, but at this point all three of his victims had been killed without showing any real signs of resistance. In most cases, defense wound out our key element in identifying the killer. But in this case, the victims had all died as if they were only natural for them to have done so. The FBI agent, Naomi Mizra, never did understand why. Even the century's great detective, L, did not manage to create a working theory until several years after the case had ended. But enough build up. Let me explain. Beyond Birthday had the eyes of a Shinigami congenitally. It was not particularly difficult for him to track down people with the initials BB or to find people who were fated to die on a certain day at a certain time. After all, there are only 20 million in Los Angeles. Killing people was, for him, actually normal. Killing people who were fated to die anyway was no effort at all. Hmm. I guess I should explain the idea of the eyes of Shinigami. The phrase is only too familiar to me, but if I don't explain it, some of you will cry foul. The eyes of Shinigami, these eyes could be given out by any Shinigami in return for half the recipient's remaining life. They allow the recipient to see people's names and remaining life. Normally, contact with the Shinigami was a prerequisite for acquisition, but beyond birth they had traded nothing. He had seen the world through those eyes since before he could remember. He knew your name before you said it. He knew the time of death of every person he met. I hardly need to explain just what effects this would have been on his personality. You might think they would hardly be useful without a death note. That's simply not the case. The ability to see someone's remaining life is the ability to see death. 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 Beyond Birthday lived his life unseasonally, reminded that all humans would eventually die. 
From the time he was born, he knew the day his father would be attacked by a thug and die. He knew the day his mother would die in a train crash. He had those eyes before he was born, which is why he called himself Beyond Birthday. Which is why a child as strange as he was taken in by our home, sweet home, Whammy's house. He was B, the second child in Whammy's house. If only I could see the death of the world. Beyond birthday murmured on August 19th at 6 a.m. Just as he woke up, he was lying on a simple bed on the second floor of a prefabricated storehouse borrowed from the name of Dorman and Company in the suburbs on the west side of town. Many many hidden layers located across the country around the world. Why West LA? Because on that day, Naomi Misra, the suspended FBI agent fronting for the century's greatest detective, L, was going to be there. Naomi Misra, Naomi Misra, Hell's hand, Hell's eyes, Hell's shield. <laughs> no, that's not right. I should laugh more like this. <laughs> Yeah, that's better. Laughing wildly, Beyond Birthday got out of bed. A harsh, cruel laugh. But an unnatural laugh. A phony laugh. As if laughing was just another task he had to perform. Beyond Birthday remembered how he had attacked Naomi Mizra three days before. On August 16th, in the alleyway downtown, of course he had known when she would die, had seen how much life remained. Now he missed his life. It was not that time on August 16th, but much, much later. Which meant, if he attacked her with the intent to kill, he would absolutely fail. He knew that he would. Ensuring his path of escape was far more critical. Now he her was nothing but L's servant. And if she died, there would be dozens of replacements. From the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA, even the Secret Service. So, he had only been testing her, seeing if Naomi Mizra was capable of being L's substitute. Hmm, 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 huh, 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 huh. No, hee <laughs> I should go with ho, 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 ho. That's a little too jolly. Anyway, Oh, Naomi Mizra, you are pretty good. Ashamed to waste someone like you in the FBI. She had passed the test so far. Today, she would visit the scene of the third murder, and she would most likely find the message Beyond Birthday had left for her. Then, she would try to prevent the fourth murder, the victim Beyond Birthday had selected. That was good. Only then would the competition begin. Only then would the real game start. L. The competition between L and B. L and B's puzzle. If L's a genius, then B's an extreme genius. If L's a freak, then B's an extreme freak. Now it's time to get ready. There are things I must do before B can surpass L. <laughs> this thought was the only thing that made him laugh without needing to think about it. And those that know will recognize the laugh of the Shinigami. Still grinning to himself, he faced the mirror, brushed his hair, and began applying his makeup. The reflection of himself in the mirror, 
himself. As always, he could not see his own time of death no more than he could see the death of the world. So on August 19th, Naomi Mizra was on the west side of the city in a townhouse where the third victim, Backyard Bottom Slash, had lived. She had shared a place with a good friend of hers, but she had been killed while her friend had been out of town on business. Like the second victim's mother, the roommate had moved back and went with her parents after the murder. Backyard Bottom Slash's bedroom was on the second floor. There was a thumb turn latch just below the knob and two holes on the walls where the Wari Ningyo had been. On the far wall, directly opposite the door, and the other on the left hand wall, the floor was covered in a frankly bizarre number of stuffed animals for a 28 year old, and the entire room was ornately decorated. There were stuffed animals piled against each wall, in order 2, 5, 9, and 12, 28 in all. While the room had been cleaned, it smelled faintly of blood which destroyed the effect of the decor. Where is Ryuzaki? She glanced at that silver wristwatch on her left hand and saw that it was already 2.30 in the afternoon. They were supposed to meet at 2. Mizra had been here since early that morning, checking the place out in advance. She had searched the entire house, not just this room, but five hours later she had completely run out of things to do and was rather bored. And? She failed to uncover anything of interest, which had left her feeling frustrated. She bit her lip annoyed that she had been unable to figure out anything without Ryuzaki around. Then the phone in the back rang. She answered quickly assuming it was Elle, but it was her boyfriend and co-worker, Ray Penber. Hello? Ray? Yeah, let me speak quickly, Misra. Ray said in a low voice, at this time of the day, there must be other people around him. I checked upon what you asked me. Oh, uh, thanks. She asked him on the 16th and it was now the 19th and he was a very busy FBI agent so this was pretty fast work. When she thought about how much he did for her, she found wanting to thank him every time she spoke to him. So, basically there is no private detective named Ru Ryazaki. So he's unlicensed? Non-private detective. He had said so himself. No, there's no record of anyone named Ryuzaki at all. Not just in America, but the records of every country in the world. The name Ryuzaki is reasonably common in your home country, but none of them are Ru. Oh, he speaks Japanese like a native, so I thought he might be from there. Oh, it's a fake name. Presumably. Ray was silent for a moment and then blurted, Naomi, what are you doing? You promised not to ask. I know I did, but you leave of absence will be over next week, and I was thinking about the future. Are you coming back to the FBI? I haven't thought about it yet. I I know, I always say this, but don't. I know what you're going to say, so don't say it. I don't have time, I'll call again. Mizzle hung up without giving him a chance to respond. She spun the phone around between her fingers, feeling a little guilty. It wasn't that she hadn't thought about going back, but that she didn't want to think about it. Next week already. Nah, focus on the case at hand. This might be running away, but since Ryuzaki wasn't here, she suspected the name was fake from the moment she met him. So she didn't particularly care, although she did wonder 
why she chose the name in particular, but the real problem was why the victim's parents had hired a private detective that didn't exist. Mitchell told himself to forget about it and go over the facts he had uncovered one more time. First, the message left by the killers downtown. At the second crime scene, Nairi Mizra had figured out about an hour after they had found the missing link that the victims were all connected by their initials. It was the eyeglass of the victim, Cora Queen, was wearing. While she got down all fours the way Ryazaki did, Mizra had checked her room over every conceivable angle until her eyes ached from looking without finding anything. Then she wondered if there was something on the victim's body, like the cuts on Believe Bridesmaid's chest and had looked at the photo of the body again, but there was nothing there by the little girl lying face down with her eyes crushed in. When Mizuru was at her wit end, Rizaki had said, Maybe the damage to the eyes is a message. It sounded reasonable, but in fact it seemed like the only possibility which meant her eyes? Mizra had gone back to the cabinet and take out the album of the photographs again. She looked through them once more, checking every picture of the little blonde girl, and realized that there was not one picture of her wearing glasses. The only picture of her with glasses was one of her dead. Not because that was a problem with her eyes, but her chart was in the file, showing her eye, right eye at 0.1 and her left eye at 0.5, that she almost always wore contact lenses. After her death, the killer had put the glasses on and taken the contact lenses away. There was a disposable lens, so the investigative team had not noticed them missing. Mizra had contacted the victim's mother, who had confirmed not only that Cora Queen almost never wore glasses, not even at home, but that the glasses she was wearing at the crime scene photo did not belong to her. Surprising how to notice. Who would ever think to ask the glasses a murder victim was wearing belonged to them? Literally a blind spot. Perhaps that's what the crushed eyes mean, Rizaki had said. And the glasses look so natural on her, make it even less likely that the police would notice. She never realized that she was meant to wear them. Um, Rizaki, that's getting a bit fictitious. I was joking. That's what being fictitious means. Then I was serious. Still fictitious. Then I was deadly serious. Look, don't you think she looks better? Oh, oh well, I, I suppose. Fetitious. The mother had first seen her daughter's body in the morgue, and the glasses had already been removed, which is probably all according to the killer's plan. By this point in time, what else could they think? The third murder happened in West LA, near Glass Station. Glasses? Very literal. But this doesn't kill us the address, only in the neighborhood. No, if you narrow it down that much, then you can probably narrow it down all the way, Mizra. All you have to do is look for someone in the area with the initials, BB, and you can fix on the address. In other words, the killer has assumed that by the time the second murder occurs, we will have figured out the missing link. Huh? But we were only able to figure out the Q was actually B, because the third murder had already taken place. At the time of the second murder, how could anyone have worked that out? You don't need to. I mean, you at the third murder, there's no real way to tell if B is the main letter and Q the reverse, or the other way around. The fourth murder could be another child with the initials QQ, and flip the idea, it's possible he's merely killing children, and it's really about Qs. 
about current data. We have no idea why he's aiming for BBs or why he's after QQs, but that doesn't matter. All you have to do is find everyone with either set of initials. Oh, alright. Uh, oh, on August 16th, they were speaking in hindsight. They were much too late, and the third murder had long since happened. Just to be sure, she checked, and within 500 meters of Gloss Station, there was no one with the initials QQ, and only one person with the initials BB. Third murder, backyard bomb slash. The eyeglasses message was very simple compared to the bookshelf message at the first scene, but they had only been able to solve it because they already had the phrase glass station in mind. Otherwise, who would have ever been able to figure out that the putting glasses on a corpse was measured from the killer? The very simplicity of the way exactly what made it even more difficult than the first murder. Now Mizra had to stop the fourth murder, but would she be able to figure out the message left at the scene of the third? She was more than a little worried. Once again, it was Ryazaki who had brought up the topic of the victim's crushed eyes. It was Ryazaki who had suggested she look at the photo album carefully. Without him, she would not have figured it out, or at least, it would have been taking a lot more time. At this point, it was noon, so they decided to get some food and figure out how to move next. Ryazaki invited Mizu to eat with him, but she declined. There was no telling what hideous sweets or poison he would foist on her, and she needed to speak to Elle. The mysteries they had uncovered had reached a level that demanded reporting. She moved well away from the apartment, looked around her carefully, leaned against the wall, and dialed. This is Elle. This is Misra. She became used to the synthetic voice. She quickly explained what happened that day and what they had figured out. Wasting no words, she felt herself getting a little worked up when she was explaining why the victim had been laying face down, but repressed it. At least, she thought she had. Okay, I understand. I was about to pick you, Ayami Mizra. Honestly, I did not expect such impressive results. No, not at all. I don't deserve the compliment. More importantly, about what I should do next. Any thoughts? We don't know when the first murder will occur, so I thought maybe I should head right over to West LA now. No need. L said. I prefer that you secure your footing. Based on your report, there's bad time before the first murder occurs. Huh? She hadn't said anything like that. Had she? The killer would take his fourth victim on August 22nd. You have six more days. Six days? That was 9 days after the 3rd murder, 9 days, 4 days, 9 days, and 9 days again? What was he based his assumption on? Mizra was about to voice the question, but... I'm afraid I don't have time to explain right now. He said... Please, try and work it out for yourself. Like the next murder will occur, or the killer make his next attempt on the 22nd. And I would have you act on that assumption. Understood. It didn't sound like he was in the mood for arguments, but August 22nd. Come to think of it, the LAPD had received a crossword puzzle on July 22nd, the same day of the month. Was that a connection? In that case, over the next six days, I will make careful preparations to investigate the third crime scene. Please do. Oh, and Valerie Mizra, do take all precautions for your own safety. You're the only one who can work for me on this case. If all, there is no one who can replace you. He must be referring to the fight in the alley. She was caught off guard by this. 
no one would could replace her, for Ellen might be a very casual pronouncement or just an outright lie. The Mizra found it hard to believe it was even being applied to her. Don't worry, I wasn't hurt. Well, I mean, take care not to place yourself in situations in which you might be attacked. Avoid back roads, alleys, and out desert areas. It might take longer, but stick to crowded areas and busy streets. I'm fine, Elle, and I can take care of myself. I've trained in martial arts. Have you? In what? Karate? Or judo? Caprera. Even though the scrambled lied, she could tell Elle wasn't sure how to respond. She made Caprera was an unusual choice for a Japanese FBI agent. Mizra felt a moment gleeful prize as if she outsmarted Elle, though she knew she had done nothing of the kind. Yeah, I thought it was crap till I actually started, but I got involved in street dancing in college and joined the Kapoya group. As an extension of that, it's actually a really effective form of self-defense for a woman. The basic techniques all involve dodging your opponent's attacks, which means it is impossible to overpower a block like it is in karate or judo. We can never match a man for power. And the acrobats, tricky movements in Kapoya give you time to get a good look at your assailant. Really? That makes sense. L said, sounding impressed. Generally impressed, not just saying so. Your destroyed film makes it sound interesting. By time, I'll have a look at some videos, but however confident you are, if they have a gun or a number you, the situation changes. Take all the precautions you can. Of course, don't worry, I always do. Um, L? Mizra said at last. What is it, my army Mizra? I was wondering, you figure out what the killer goal is, right? Yes. He said after a long pause. Mizra nodded, otherwise he wouldn't have been so sure when the fourth murder would occur, but he had told her to figure the reason out for herself, which meant he had enough information to identify the killer now. Just as this thought crossed Mizra's mind, Elle destroyed her chain of thought with a single phrase. To tell you the truth. I always knew who the killer was. Huh? The killer. L said. Is B. We were raised in a whammy's house in England, in Winchester, as L's successors, as L's alternatives. But that does not mean we knew anything about L than anybody else, including myself. Only a few of us ever met L as L. And even I know nothing about L before he met Watari. Quillish Whammy, the genius inventor who found Whammy's house, nobody knows what's going on in Elle's head, but even so, I know how Watari felt. Look at Elle's incredible talent from the perspective of an inventor. Of course he wanted to make a copy. Of course he wanted to create a backup. And it would feel the same as I have already explained. Elle never appeared in public. Elle knew that his own death would increase the crime rate all over the world by a few dozen percentage points. But what if they could copy him? What if they could make a backup? That was us. Elle's children. Gathered from all corners of the world. Children gathered together, never told each other's names. But even for a genius like Watari, creating a fake Elle was easier said than done. Even for Nir and I, who are said to be the closest to L. The more we tried to be like him, the closer we got. The farther away he was, like chasing a mirage. 
So I hardly need to tell you what it was when Whammy's house was first founded, when he was still experimenting. The first child, A, was unable to handle the pressure of giving up to L and took his own life. And this Czech second child beyond birthday was brilliant and deviant. B stood for backup, but B tried to surpass L. Not become him? No, that might not be right. I have no way of knowing the inner workings of his mind. He, their generation, was not like the fourth generation with Nir and I. All the children bounded only to the one with the serial L. They were prototypes never even given the L code, expected to fail. I prefer to refrain from the idle speculation based on my own experiences, but, well, Beyond Birthday may have thought something like this. As long as there was L, B would never be L. As long as the original existed, the copy was always a copy. The Los Angeles BB murder cases, LA BB. L is after Beyond Birthday. This reading is why I think this name is so much closer to the killer's intention than the Wari Nino murders or the Los Angeles serial locked room killings. I wasn't talking about the names on a purely stylistic basis. Whether Beyond Birthday hadn't put that much thought into it, I have no idea. But if he had a specific reason for choosing to commit his murders in LA, then that is probably why. I am sure he had much more personal obsession with L as an individual than Nero or I ever did. I can understand why someone would become a criminal in order to fight against the detective, which is why I can write about this, like this, but even so, what did he hope to accomplish by killing unrelated people? Or perhaps B simply wanted to meet L, then he could use the eyes of the Shin Megami he'd been born with and see L's real name. See when L would die, and he would have been able to find out who L was. Beyond Birthday had never told anyone that he had the eyes of a Shinigami, and it would not surprise me at all if he had believed himself to be a kind of Shinigami. So this is all boiled down to a strangely shaped battle of detection between L and B. It was not exactly the same as the Detective Wars. L had waged with Araldo Coil or Denuve. But just as the grace of detectives makes the grace of criminals, a specialist in the investigation is also a specialist in murder. From this perspective, this was nothing but a detective war. Beyond Birthday challenged L, and L accepted the challenge. Put bluntly, the Los Angeles BB murder case was nothing but an internal struggle, a civil war within our home, sweet home, Whammy's house. Unfortunate for the victim that got mixed up in it. But even if Beyond Birthday had not killed them, all those victims were fated to die that day at that time for some other reason. So logically and morally, the deaths were unavoidable. So in the strictest of senses of the word, the only person who really got mixed up in their war was Naomi Mizra. Hmm. 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 No, that's a horrible laugh. <laughs> he was right now. He cracked his neck, and beyond birthday began to move. End of chapter four.